Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Sasquatch Wildcard Casinos always have great promotions right now, giving away over $17,000 or, if you don't want it, they're going to give you $30,000 towards a lease or a purchase of a vehicle at Omera Ford. Grand prize drawing. Going to be 22nd and 23rd. Head on up there. See how you can be a part of it and possibly win right now. We're going to give away $200 in slot play. First four callers are going to get 50 bucks each. If you've won in the past, not eligible to win again. 303-831-1340. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Broncos headed into what could be their most memorable offseason in franchise history. And I think you can make the case it'll be the most memorable offseason for any team in any sport in sports history. When you look at a confluence of things that are actually going on. Now, you can make the case when the Broncos picked up Peyton Manning in in 2012, it was the most memorable. But I'm talking about sheer volume of things that need to be done. They could be looking for a new head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, franchise quarterback, and here's the kicker, owner. And that's Because what, that's yeah. what puts it over the top. That's what separates it. Because I mean, you're thinking, for example, of other transformative off-seasons in sports. Like I thought, for example, of uh, when the Miami Heat brought in both LeBron James and Chris Bosh to go along with Dwayne Wade. Ownership stayed the same, but the administration stayed the same. There's a difference. You know what the difference is? When the season ended, you did not know that was going to happen. Right. We know in this we, case. Yeah. We know this is going to. We know all that those things. What happened this past season was basically prologue to what the real story is, and the real story starts. Really, it starts on Sunday. You could maybe just say it actually starts at the final gun. On Saturday afternoon. Yep. But the real story starts on Sunday because at that point, it, it is officially the off season, and we have known for some time that uh, the, that the the Broncos be sold. Of course, the thing is they can't do that just yet because there's still that one case that remains under adjudication regarding the challenge uh, uh, and and wanting right of first refusal on a sale from the from the the heirs of Edgar Kaiser. So right. until that is resolved, a sale can't happen. That's currently holding it up. Right. Hey, how much are you looking forward to this offseason? You personally. It's You personally. Well, on the one hand, sometimes content when you're covering a football team in the offseason, it gets a little sparse, right? Not this year. It's not going to get that way this year. No, selfishly, I'm looking. I'm totally looking forward to it. What are you kidding me? But at the same time, give us stuff to talk about all the way through May first. But at the same time, you need a little time to downshift a little bit. No, you don't. There's not going to be that downshift time um, this year. Well, I, I well, hold on. 
before you before you get upset doing a radio sports talk show, remember, uh-huh. I'm not talking about your job at DNVR where you're talking Broncos all the time. For starters, you should be thrilled this is going on at DNVR. Oh, I, because I, I'm, thr- I'm thrilled from having stuff to do, but sometimes it's nice to kind of have it be 80% of what the regular season is. Okay. Sometimes that helps. And then over we'll here, the batteries a bit. then over here, Nuggets aren't going anywhere without with just Jokic. So it's going to be a short playoff run if indeed they make it. The Avs are very, the Avs are interesting, but like you mentioned in the last segment, they may still be a goaltender trade away. And Correct. Should they be on the phone about the goalie they're going to face tonight in and, Chicago? And then you have the Rockies. So uh, it's then a, you have the Rockies. Right. So it's good that we're actually loading up yeah. on the Broncos because let's face it, um, you can make the case a very strong case. I'll make the case right now. Let's look at the calendar. Let's look at the calendar just for fun. Okay. Today is January 4th, right? Yep. Today is January 4th. Let me pull my calendar up. And I'm going to kind of spell this out for you in a roundabout way, but not totally. Today is the 4th. I would say by two weeks from today, mm-hmm. they have a new head coach. That quick. You think they'll actually have the hire by then? I think it's possible they know who their head coach is, yeah. but they not, might not be able to. They'll, they'll know who it is. They, they might not be able to hire that coach because they're still in the playoffs. Oh, I understand that. So yes. if you want Dan Quinn or whatever, I'm sure all your you're duck, waiting on Dan Quinn. I'm sure all your ducks are in a line. He, he, the Broncos are an adva- have an advantage here. If they really want Russell Wilson, and indeed Russell Wilson is available, you're not going to have to worry about the owner of the Seahawks saying, "Let's see what happens with the Seahawks in the playoffs." And where Russell Wilson takes us, because he's not taking them anywhere. They're missing the playoffs. And the thing is, with that, the Packers, it's yeah. different. If they move on from Pete Carroll, clearly that's going to be about placating Russell Wilson. And that's the thing that could come into play here. I mean, if, if on an ownership level, Jody Allen is the executor of the Paul Allen Trust. She's running things on a day-to-day basis. On an ownership level, you have to un- at some point you'd think in Seattle there would you get to you realize all right. What's harder to find here, a new coach or another franchise quarterback? But you know what? That, we're tra- that you're trading still in the prime of his career. Both sides have a say in this, yes. though. And Wilson can say, listen, I'm not playing anymore. There, there's no hope here. Uh, it's a disaster. Just move on without me. Or the, that, And that's what, if you're the Broncos or anybody else looking at Russell Wilson, you're hoping for that. But what if they, they say, look, let's have a conversation, Russ – what do you want to see here to maximize the next several years of your career? You know what the answer is? What? What they have in Denver. I want wide receivers. I want a young offensive line. He's got some wide receivers. I, He's got I mean, you could argue DK Metcalf is better than anybody the Broncos have right now. I won't I won't debate that, but they don't have throw in the tight ends, throw in the draft picks, throw in the that they're going to have or they're gonna use for capital, throw in the cap space, throw in a pretty good defense. No, Seattle doesn't have that. They don't have that, but all those things can kind of be regenerated pretty quickly. And if you get the right coach who wants to kind of how does their salary cap look? Not as good as the Broncos situation. Right? How are they looking in terms of uh, draft capital? They have one more year to get past the Jamal Adams trade. Exactly, and that's my point. And I kind of led you led you to water there. But at the same time, they they have nothing. They have nothing to truly help Russell Wilson next year. But they have an environment that he's that he knows and he's gotten comfortable with, and that's where if they. 
if they like if they truly like if to me if I were running the Seahawks again what's harder to find another coach or another quarterback who is on his way to the Hall of Fame Russell Wilson is going to be in the Hall of Fame when he's done would you agree yeah yeah all right do those those guys do not grow on trees yes they do <laughs> the so the best thing they can do at some point you'd think some logic and intelligence would come into play at the top levels of the Seahawks organization and say, just get this done. Make sure that Russ plays his entire career here. Right. That's what they're going to try and do. If I'm Russell yeah. Wilson, I'm looking at what they have in the draft, how they've blown so many drafts. They don't have many draft picks left. Their cap situation isn't good. They have DJ Metcalf. How good is the defense? Not really that good. Just gave up 29 of the Lions. There we go. So there's no hope for next year. It's not bad, but it's not great. You have no hope for next year. Zero. You have no hope for next year because you're not going to get exponentially better because of your cap situation and where you're drafting. And then you're starting over. Actually, they're better than I thought they were in the cap. They have $55 million of cap space. Okay, then that's pretty good. Yes. Okay. But they don't have draft picks. That's a problem. And, you know, that's... And And they're going to have a new head coach and a new system and all that. They... But the thing is, it's very... I look at I think with Seattle I look at it and I say they're probably probably in two years they can make it right with the right moves. And the other thing is also when you take a look at the surrounding environment. Let's say it's oh maybe go to Denver. Well, in Denver you gotta you gotta you gotta duel with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. The path is not clean in the NFC West, but. I don't think there's anybody in the NFC West where Russell Wilson, where you can say Russell Wilson is not better than that guy. Russell's ask. not better than. Let me Ru- Russell is as good as Kyler at least. Russell for, is as good at sta- as Stafford at least. You know what? For as much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers personally, we're going to talk about him next. By the way, well, he won't fear the people in the AFC West because he's Aaron freaking Rodgers. That's right. Yeah. So if you're telling me I don't want to come here because I got to play against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, then I maybe I don't want you. Well, you always want to find the clearest path. I understand. I mean, that. that's, and, and it's going to come up in the coach hiring cycle as well because I understand for that, all the dysfunctioning Jacksonville, there's a pretty clear path to long term control of the AFC. If you're South. telling me that it worries you that you have to go up against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, if you're telling me that concerns you and that's a reason you might not come, I don't want you. I want somebody to embrace that. I want somebody who says, you know what, I'm going to go out and beat the best. Mm-hmm. Because I think I'm the best well, that's, anyway. That's how Rogers would feel about. That's being how Manning. Those are. That's how the greats feel. And if and if you know what, if Russell Wilson doesn't feel that way, I got news for you. He might get into the Hall of Fame, but he's not one of the greats. He's not one of the greats. Don't tell me he is. If if, if he's afraid of competition, then he's not one of the greats. And the other thing, he's not is, a guy I want quarterback. He might the Broncos team, would unless not, I have to take. And, him. and if the Seahawks don't make the moves to make him happy, then it comes down to other teams have more to offer. In a trade. Coming up after the break, why isn't Cooper Cup being mentioned for the MVP award? What about Jonathan Taylor? Right? Why not John? What what about what about Diggs out in Dallas, right? How many picks does that guy have? Eleven? Uh, off the top of my head. Eleven? Eleven? Yeah. But everybody's talking about the quarterback, right? Well, I'll give you one guy who's definitely not going to vote for a quarterback. And the guy who's the favorite. Because this guy, who's a well known guy nationally, said about Aaron Rodgers. This guy is a jerk and a bad guy, and there's no way I'm voting for him for the MVP. Who said this? 
Is that really a legitimate reason? That's next. But still the days seem the same And these children that you spit on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to talk about Colorado Off-Road. Love this place. My buddy Jared, Jerry is from Littleton. His business is in Littleton, wants to keep it local, and they have all the major accessory brands for your truck, your car, your Jeep, your SUV. When you buy from Colorado Off-Road, they're going to install everything if you want them to. They can also get you some aftermarket as well. That is a full service place. Colorado Off-Road, Upfit Today. Colorado Grown, Colorado Owned, Colorado Off-Road. You can find them again in Littleton or go to cooffroad.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, so I happen to know this name because I'm a Chicago guy, but he's had a, oh, for lack of a better phrase, he's had a a magazine that's been... uh, national for a long time guy by the name of hub arkish yeah he's very well known in chicago i think a lot of people who truly follow football know who hub arkish is back in the day well. when pro football weekly was a thing he was the publisher of it okay so yeah he's he's known in for football circles with that um aaron Rodgers is now the odds on favor to win the mvp award but hub arkish has said there's absolutely no way he is going to be voting for aaron Rodgers now Let's also consider he's in Chicago. It is a Bears town. There is a certain venom towards the Packers, as is. I don't know if Hub Arkish is necessarily a Bears fan, but I find it somewhat coincidental that Hub Arkish works out of Chicago and he's not going to vote for Aaron Rodgers, but not for the reason that you might think, because he hates the Packers. What he said was that he is one of 50 members of the media, okay, that gives a vote for the MVP. And he said, Rodgers is a jerk. He is a bad guy. And said on the score today in Chicago, radio station out there, that Rodgers is not going to get his vote. He said, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. You agree with that? I mean, this isn't a character award, is it? It's the most valuable player. Yeah. And like it or not, the value of Aaron Rodgers was shown when they had to play without Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you mean against Chiefs? Yes. Mm-hmm. They got three points. Right. But then again, you could say, how would the how would the Buccaneers play without Tom Brady? Probably not as well. Uh-huh. You could say that about a lot of big-time quarterbacks. But he's had how enough, good are the Chiefs be without he, Patrick Mahomes? He's had, but he's had another exquisite season. I mean, none of those teams would be good without the quarterbacks, but Aaron Rodgers, yet, you know, once again has put together an all time year, even by his standards. He basically followed up 
a season that you didn't think that there was an encore for, statistically speaking at least, by matching what he did the year before. Yeah, but are you really the most valuable player of your team when Arkish isn't wrong Mm -hmm. when he says he ripped, essentially, at least through intermediaries, trashed the GM, trashed the president. He didn't really go after the fans, really didn't go after his own teammates, but he put them through the ringer, and now he's the MVP. And he he went out and backed it up when he came back. He did. To his credit. I mean, he he was was a non-presence in the offseason at least at Lombardi Avenue. And then he shows up and he, after one bad game in week one, he's Aaron Rodgers again. Here's the thing. He's so freaking talented. For, I, I mean, that's the thing. I'm going to make the... Okay, listen. I'm, what I'm about to say, I'm going to make it personal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't make things personal, but I'm about to make this personal. And what I'm about to say, I don't want you to say, oh, Eric, you're talking about me because I'm not. I'm talking about in general. I'm going to put Hub Arkish in the same category as a lot of baseball writers I know. A bunch of guys who were picked down in high school, not very athletic, can't dress, not kind of socially awkward, and then you give them the power to vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame. And they're voting for the varsity jock who locked them into a locker. And they don't like the attitude that the baseball player gave them in high school or the football player gave them in high school. But now they have the power of the pen and the power to vote. So if you're not nice to me and you made fun of the way I dressed or you make fun or made fun of my uh, my pocket pencil protector, and I wasn't the big jock. And all your buddies made fun of me. Well, I'll show you, Barry Bonds. I'll show you, Roger Clemens, for being a jerk to me. I'll show you, Aaron Rodgers, because I get to vote if you're going to be the MVP or in the Hall of Fame. Save it, move on, and you should lose your vote. I've said many times I'm not a fan of Todd Helton at all as a person he is an all he is the all-star of all-star jerks i've ever covered but i'm a bigger man and i'll tell you why because i'd vote for him to go to the hall of fame mm-hmm. but how barkish won't because he thinks um aaron Rodgers is a jerk i got a question for you hub hub i got a question for you hub did you vote for him last year because i can promise you uh aaron Rodgers didn't suddenly become a jerk overnight He's been a jerk his whole career. A lot of teammates don't like him. If you are now suddenly figuring this out now that Aaron Rodgers is an all-time jerk, then you're a little late to the party. You might want to do your homework. That's funny. Like The biggest problem I have with the MVP, it's not about whether it goes to Aaron Rodgers or not. It's that I feel like it's become too quarterback-centric. It's basically QB of the year at this point. Well, let's, let's, look, at, let's look at how they do it. You'll love this because you're a college basketball guy. I mm-hmm. used to be. What do they call the award in the final four? Most outstanding. Most player. outstanding player. MOP, yep. not MVP. There you go. So shouldn't we have a most outstanding player? Mm-hmm. Really, it should be for the quarterback like it is for the Cy Young Award. Let's just call it like it is. Mm-hmm. Because very rarely does anybody other than a quarterback win the MVP award. I think it's happened... One time since 2007, I think that's when Adrian Peterson right. 
won won the MVP. And there's no player at another position that is going to be more valuable than a top level quarterback. That's right. Period. So it's just, just give them the their own award, and then have the most take away the MVP, the 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 most valuable quarterback, the MVQ whatever you want to call it, because they're always going to be the MVP. Or do it like in college where you name it after somebody. like uh, Johnny Unitas Award. How's that sound? I think that's a college award. You, you could double You could double dip. Yeah, the Unitas Award, The I mean, just name a great quarterback, the Sammy Ball Award. I mean, whatever you right. want to call it, right. and that goes to the court, and that goes to the best quarterback, and then you have another trophy that goes to a non-quarterback on offense, and then you have the defensive player. of the Maybe it's like quarterback of the year, Offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. That's what you have. You have three trophies. And by the way, and because because Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, if all things were equal, would would be in the conversation. Here, they would they would be in the top three. They should th- be in the top three. This is what people don't realize about what Cooper Cup has done. You can make the case. Jonathan Taylor has not had one of the greatest, has not had a top five all-time season for a running back. Has not. Let me repeat that. Mm -hmm. Has not. You can make the case, depending on how you want to argue it, Cooper Cup has had the greatest receiving season of all time when you talk about these three metrics, catches, yards, and touchdowns. When you add it all up, yes, if you have as many yards as Cooper Cup, but less catches, then your yards per play, I understand, will be higher. I get that. But when you look at over 1,800 yards, which is top five of all time, when you look at how many catches he has, what is it, like 138? And by the way, I'm only counting Mm -hmm. 16 games. I'm not counting 17. That's a whole other conversation. And then you look at 15 touchdowns. Give me a guy, if you take out yards per catch, because the fewer catches you have and the same number of yards, that number is going to spike higher, and I understand that. It's not as if Cooper Cup doesn't get downfield. Right. But Jerry Rice hasn't had the catches, but has had the yards, but hasn't had the touchdowns. And you can go on and on and on. Michael Thomas had the catches, but I think he only had five touchdown catches. Yeah. The year that he had 140-something catches. Yeah. I mean, basically, if you go like – Let's cut the season off right now because we're 16 games. That's right. right. That's what I'm doing. I'm not yeah. giving him an extra game. He's fifth in yards. Right. Single single season. Yep. Third in receptions. Yep. In a single season. Yep. And in touchdowns, he's tied for 22nd, which is good. That's very good. At 15? Yes. Right. Ty- like Jerry um, Rice had 22 one year. Yes. But when you. Randy look- Moss had 23 with the Patriots. Okay. But when you look at. When you look at catches. And yards, which he's top five. And then look at those other guys, what they did with touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They're not near 15. Well, remember with Jerry Rice as well, when he had 22 touchdowns, he did in 12 games. Right. Um, All I'm saying that is... To, that, because of, the li- because of the limited sample size, because you had, you had the strike that year. Right. To me, Jerry Rice in 1987, um, 22 touchdowns, and ten and one thousand seventy eight yards in twelve games, that to me is pretty close to the goat of receiving That's fine. years. And I'm I'm not going to debate that. What I'm saying is, when it comes to the MVP conversation, mm-hmm. he's had I think I think you'll agree with this mm-hmm. one of the top three receiving seasons in the history of the game. Yeah, is that fair to say? Yes. 
And uh, Aaron Rodgers has not in terms of football. Uh, Tom Brady has not, but then again, he's 44. And he has a, he's 44. Easy. Jonathan Taylor, definitely not. But then again, what about Diggs? 11 picks? How many guys have done that? Guys used to do a lot more often. The fact that he's doing it in an era where interceptions are at their lowest rate mm-hmm. because of an emphasis on right. precision passing, short to intermediate passing. Right. Diggs, do, Diggs having that type of season is a, it's a statistical anomaly on the order of the kind of stuff that Don Hudson did for the Packers back in the 40s. Well, it's kind of it's like, of another time. Well, it's like complete games. Yeah, you don't get complete games anymore. Just like you don't get as many interceptions, right? Right. Right now. I mean, the interesting thing on the Cowboys is all is you know all the talk about Micah Parsons being a potential defensive player of the year in addition to defensive rookie of right. the year. Trayvon Diggs with eleven picks. I mean, that's that that ought to give him defensive player of the year honors, right? Because that is so absurd compared uh, such an absurd total compared to the era he's in, to the norms that he exists in. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, he's really not that far off. You know, when you look at interceptions, when you look at interceptions, the last guy to have 12 interceptions or more in a single season, <laughs> it, you have to go all the way back to 1980. Lester Hayes. And he had Nin- stick him. Right, 1980. These are the years where guys had 12 or more interceptions. 1949, 1953, 1964, 1974, 79, 48, 50, 80, 52. That is nothing short of outrageous. And remember... By the way, when it comes to 11, when it comes to 11 interceptions, it's happened a handful of times, like eight... The last guy to have 11 interceptions in a season was Everson Walls back in 1981. So we're talking the span of how many years? 40 years. 40 years. There were a bunch of guys that had 10 in the 21st century, including Champ Bailey back in 06, a year that we were talking about him being potential defensive player of the year. Antonio Cromartie did it. Xavier Howard did it last year. But his goes to 11. His goes to 11. That's what matters. 11 takes him to another level. That's right. So he has 11. And no one has had 11 or more interceptions in a season since 1981. That's 40 years. Right. That's your MVP. Or, sorry, that's your most outstanding player. On the defensive side. De- or it's Period. Already, you know, defensive player of Period. the year. Period. Period. More so than Cooper Cup. Yeah. He, he essentially made history. He did something that hasn't been done in 40 years. That's significant, right? It's significant. Um... The only thing you'd want to look at is uh, how is how many t- what, what did he give up on the other side of that? And of course, he hasn't given up that much because the rating, the pass rating when he's targeted is fifty five points. I still give it to Cooper Cup because that's game in game. But out. the thing is, offense doesn't go against defense. There's room for Cooper I Cup understand. to be offensive player of the year, and there's room for Trayvon Diggs to be defensive player of the year. I think we can both agree the quarterback needs to have their own award. And by the way, yes. if you're going to ooh and ah, and Aaron Rodgers only throwing four interceptions, I got news for you. That's basically what he throws every year anyway. It's not some great accomplishment for him to throw four picks in a season because he's under like eight most years and still throwing 35 to 40 touchdowns. That's basically what he averages, right? I believe his off the top of my head, his touchdown interception ratio is only bested by Patrick Mahomes. 
unless we're talking about this season. But before this season, I think his quarter. You tell me. I'm not looking mm-hmm. at numbers. I can tell you that. Yeah. But off the top of my head, I think Rodgers, his quarter, his touchdown interception ratio is in the neighborhood of seven or eight to one. It's not quite. It's not quite that good. What it's, is it? It's four forty-seven to uh, ninety-three. So that is that's four point eight to one. Not it's five to one. We got to hit a break. Yeah. We got to hit a break. But remember, it was a it was a lower rate earlier in his career. You look at like the last ten years. Yeah. It's probably on the line, on the lines of seven to one. Coming up after the break, how would you like to see a winter sport played in the Summer Olympics? Somebody's pushing that hard. That's next. <laughs> Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Don't you Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. That was an appropriate song coming back from break, Danny, because Eric was a little late coming back. I was. Hold on. I'm coming. I was, uh, I was doing something with Danny. Yeah. G-rated. I was talking to Nate. PG-13 rated. No, it was fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Anyway, time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Colorado Off-Road in Littleton. If you need major accessory brands or something off-market for your truck, car, Jeep, or SUV, they've got it. Upfit today at Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. So as you know, NHL players will not be participating in the upcoming Winter Olympics in China because of COVID protocols with that. NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman has been pushing since the mid-1990s for ice hockey to be a summer Olympic sport because the NHL season and the Olympics run at the same time and the owners don't want the players to play, yet the players want to play in the Olympics. This has been done before. A lot of people don't realize this. Before there was a Winter Olympics, you obviously had the Summer Olympics, and ice hockey was actually a sport in the Summer Olympics. Mm -hmm. With that... And then in 1956... They actually play, had the equestrian events for the Melbourne Olympics in Stockholm at another time right. of year. So, would you like to see, moving forward, so we can get NHL players, mm-hmm. ice hockey, ice hockey in the Summer Olympics? I'll take it a step further. Not only do I want to see ice hockey in the Summer Olympics, I would like to see baseball and again, kind of modeling off of the Melbourne Olympics of 56, I'd like to see baseball be a Winter Olympic sport. Probably not played, obviously, where the rest of the Winter Olympics take place. But for example, like let's say you have a Winter Olympics. When are the Olympics. Winter Olympics going to be? 
February. February to when? February. They're always in February. Right. I mean, Remember that, the that, world, that is, we, we've that had is the world training. cup. Of, we've had the World Cup of Baseball. I know. Or world Baseball Challenge take place at the same time of year. Right. So basically, it's no, it. taking the same concept but putting the Olympic name on it, which gives it probably more cachet and would probably entice more players to take part in it for the chance to get an Olympic gold medal. That's what I'd like. I'd you know, like to see hockey in the summer, baseball in the winter. This kind of reminds me of like baseball purists. We don't want to expand the playoffs because we only want uh, two teams playing for the LCS. We need to have one team from each division. Let's not expand the playoffs. Can we just, please, can we just move on from old traditions and try and find something that could be fun, different, and could be a new tradition? Yes. Yeah, what's wrong with I, I believe uh that you remember the Canada Cup that they that they would help often have I love have. the Canada Cup. Yeah, you know when it took I covered place? the Canada Cup. Yeah, you know when it took place August and September. Right. Nothing wrong with that. I believe uh the the famous summit series of 1972 between Canada and the Soviet Union. How would that go for Canada? Uh, they won that 4-3-1. That's a, one of the all time one of the one of the all-time great series of hockey of any description period. And that took place in the summer as well. Yep. Okay. So don't tell me that you can't have a great event in in the off in the off season for the sport. Don't tell me you can't have great hockey in the summer. Don't tell me you can't have a great baseball tournament in February. Well, tell all, tell all the people who want to keep with tradition and Jean Sebastian say hey say but the IOC that we don't want to make any changes. Create new traditions. No, we don't need to. We do the same uh, thing every time. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. And that's, that's and that's to me like the trade is like winter Olympics you get baseball, summer Olympics you get hockey, and everyone and and both sports would benefit from that. Yeah, because you have the best players in the world. Yeah, let's be honest. if if the, if there was a, an Olympic baseball tournament in February, I don't think it would take very long to get all the pieces aligned to have Major League Baseball players in that event. Danny, what do we have coming up on? Just in case you missed it. Well, is Rob Manfred's hurt feelings yeah. going to end up hurting his pocket? And also, the top five quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft have all played their final games in college. We'll see where Mel Kuyper has them ranked. And if you guys agree, that's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Is this the uh, song George Payton's going to be listening to on his AirPods when he's walking from coach's room to coach's room with cans of gasoline and a box of matches? Either this or another one bites the dust. Yeah. Oh, come on. He's going to have a little more empathy than that. But I think that's what Broncos fans are thinking. Definitely. Definitely. They want the hurt, the house burned down, but they want the players, a lot of the players saved. Except for the quarterbacks. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, that room's going up in flames, too. Yeah, that is. All right, time now for uh, the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, MLB Network will not renew Ken Rosenthal's contract, which expired at the end of 2021, and his criticism of Rob of Rob Manfred is believed to be a uh, a contributing factor in that decision. Rosenthal is one of baseball's biggest and best reporters. Also works for Fox Sports and the Athletic. Is this a situation in which Manfred's pettiness and insecurity is damaging the product on the network owned by MLB? It is, and also, I'll I'll say this. I mean, this is part of the credibility issue that um, team and league media have, because if the indications are true that Ken Rosenthal, who probably is is number one, is the number one baseball reporter in this country right now, the, if the indications are true that it was because Rob Manfred was upset about things they said, then I mean, basically, it it calls into question the entire credibility of the uh, MLB internal media operation as a result. But we see, but that's part and parcel of uh, working for the house. You have to there 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 is a line that you can't cross, and. In terms of like the NFL network, MLB network, etc., the line you can't cross is criticizing the commissioner. Yep, I agree. Just in case you missed it, the top five quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft, according to Mel Kiper, Kenny Pickett of Pitt at number one, number two, Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati, number three, Matt Corral of Ole Miss, number four, Liberty's Malik Willis, and number five. Sam Howell from North Carolina. Do you agree with his ranking after seeing some of these guys play in NCAA bowl games? You know, I mean, a lot of them haven't played. Like, haven't played. Kenny Pickett, for example, sat out the the Peach Bowl. And I th- look, this is going to be a year where there is not a consensus Correct. QB one. Right. There's an argument for Pickett. There's an argument against him. The hand size. There are going to be some that have Malik Willis at the top of the group, but he's incredibly raw. Probably needs the right scheme and situation. Now, there's you know De- Desmond Ritter. There's going to be an argument for him. There's going to be an ar- there are arguments for Sam Howell uh, out of North Carolina. Excellent deep ball. Uh, it is tough and tenacious, but uh, does he hold up? Does he stay too long in the pocket and expose himself to too much contact? I mean, all of these guys have flaws that could prove fatal to their NFL careers. It's just a question of which flaws can you work around and overcome. It's like you have four cars and they all have dents in them. I mean... Question is, you know it has a dent, but can you live with it in the spot where the dent is? The guy who actually, on paper, might be the best of the bunch in terms of talent, and even in terms of the type of scheme he came from that put a lot on his plate cerebrally is Carson Strong from Nevada, Played for Jay Norvell. Norvell's scheme, air raid, puts a lot of pre-snap responsibility on the quarterback, kind of like we see uh, from Lincoln Riley's scheme as well. But here's the problem. No one, that, that knee injury might uh, might prevent, might might cross him off a lot of teams' boards and might be something that ends up being chronic. So if he didn't have the knee, I think he'd be quarterback one. You know what I but think? But he does. You know so. what I think George Payton should do? 
hop in his car and drive north on 25 and just see where it takes him. Yeah. Because he's eventually going to end up at Fort Collins. Have a conversation with Jay Norvell. And I got a feeling that there's somebody in Fort Collins that knows that kid pretty well. Yes. Or you can call him or Zoom him. Carson Strong uh, just after those guys in Kuiper's yeah. rankings. So, obviously, uh, he thinks highly of him as well. And I imagine would be higher if not for the knee. That's the, that's the big question on him. If not for him, I think he'd be QB. He can be a consensus QB1. I'm, I'm going to hijack the rest of uh, the, the, this segment here. Did do you watch Cobra Kai? I haven't watched the new season yet, so no spoilers. Do you watch Cobra Kai? I haven't watched the new season. Same thing. No spoilers. Okay. Sorry. Starting at... Um, Six o'clock last night, like a complete pig and glutton, whole series, whole season. Wow. Over. Done. Watched. It's a good one. Now waiting for series five. That's impressive. I'm not going to drop any hints. I don't I don't have the patience to watch something like all the way through like that. I know you don't. I'm not going to drop any hints, but I'm going to say this. They all die in a plane crash. Good night, everybody. Have a good Jeez. night. Danny, fantastic job today. Same with you, Nolan. Mace, okay. you were fantastic. Uh, again, Cobra Kai, they all die in, a, die in a plane crash. No reason to watch it now. Make it the best possible night you can. Achilles and his gifts Spider-Man's control And Batman with his fist And clearly I don't see myself upon that list But she said, where'd you want to go? How much you want to risk?